No, no, I can hear you. Sorry. That was just a continued confusion. Oh. Uh, I wonder if you have, I mean, you're in your apartment though, right? Yes. Weird. Do you think you could have like worse service right now than usual? I don't have any service. No, I mean like data service, you know, like bars. I have three. Is that a normal amount? I forget. Yeah, I mean, it's three out of four. Hmm, okay. Oh my god, now Shadow is like trying to eat the styrofoam under the bed. Oh no. Um, well, I guess this is working. It was really grainy before. It was like, I couldn't hear you at all, and then you were like really choppy, and then it was doing that lag thing. Oh. But I guess I don't hear that now. All right. Well, can't fix it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help you. (laughs) Well. Okay. Well, welcome to Paranormal Captivity, where we don't always have service. (laughs) (laughs) Or just have issues. Oh, there he goes. Shadow was under the bed like chewing on something that I would never have been able to reach him like getting to like swat at him to be like stop it and he knew it but now he's just walking away all happy yeah that's what cats do yeah well do you have any kitty updates um not really I'm I'm low on cats right now (laughs) So your cat meter's low. <laughs> my, my cat meter's low. Yeah, it's just it's just good old Moosh hanging out. Oh, Moosh. Keeping me company. Oh, Mooshu. Oh, yeah, he's good. A good little guy. He is. Has he had, like, more free reign of the apartment? I feel like I've seen his face on Instagram more than usual. Yeah, he has been coming out more, but also Chuni has not been, like, in my face, so there's just less pictures of him. <laughs> oh, fair, fair. <laughs> I think that's what normally happens, is I come home and Chuni's, like, glued to my body. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. I actually realized recently, well, I knew for a long time that, like, most of the pictures, when I post pictures of cats, they're of Shadow. And it's because, A, he's either doing something so ridiculous, and B, he's so needy that he's on either, both of our bodies, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, and Murphy is just the one who's, like, maybe the most beautiful of them all, but is just so, you know, doing her own thing. And Yeah, isn't that the case? Ari is the, the most photogenic of my cats, I think, but she obviously does not live with me. 
I think she is. She's the most regal of them all. Yeah. Well, actually, Mushu is the most regal of them all, but he doesn't pose. <laughs> well, I'd say Mushu is like Mushu's like a self-appointed king, whereas Ari is like like a like a natural-born heir to a throne. Yeah, natural-born mangy dumpster cat. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> I guess her. Her beginnings were humble. She's kind of like a Jon Snow who, never mind, actually, bye, take that out. I, <laughs> I, w- I was realizing I, was, I had been watching too much Game of Thrones and that was coming into my vocabulary a little too much. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. I don't watch Game of Thrones. <gasps> Shock and horror. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> no, I'm probably like, the worst I probably shouldn't even admit this because people like go in hard on that show including John but (laughs) I am such a casual watcher of this show like I've seen most of it but it's kind of sacrilege because there are like whole seasons that I just haven't seen like season two I think and (laughs) parts of season four and and like one yeah pick and choosing and like most of the recent stuff I've seen just because I've been like catching up and watching with John but, like, I've never done, like, a full binge through it just because it's been... It's a very daunting show. And I have this relationship with it where I I think subconsciously I've always told myself that I could never get attached to that show because the creators just don't give a shit about what anyone thinks. Well, that's not necessarily true anymore. I think they did for the finale. I think that's why the finale was, like, not my favorite thing. Hmm. But for most of it, I mean, they just kill anyone they want. And so... That's why I've been kind of like at a distance from it. I don't know why I'm ranting about Game of Thrones right now. Oh God, <laughs> it's so hard not to. I realized I was on my Twitter this morning and I was just like scrolling, and I was like, every single tweet was about Game of Thrones. And then I got to one that it was, um, it was like everyone else. Do you watch Game of Thrones? And it was her responding, being like, "Well, uh, I scrolled my Twitter feed today, so basically." <laughs> yeah yeah I so I have to say I I think I've watched maybe like five episodes I tried to power through the first season and was like I just don't think I like this show bye which is like a little bit sad in my opinion because in theory it's like so up my alley but I just like could not get into it you know what you might like not to sound like that snob that's like the books are better than the movies but no absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh fair that's right you're not I always forget <laughs> I always forget because we read books together for a podcast I forget you don't like books <laughs> or podcasts well <laughs> yes uh, yeah. oh my well segueing into speaking of books John and I went to Barnes and Noble recently and I found another cozy mystery series I think we should read Ooh. I it bought it it's by oh shoot i should actually get it now that i've brought it up hang on i made john buy it with his member discount it's called oh it's so cute it's called caught dead-handed by carol j perry and it's a witch city mystery and it sounds super interesting because it's like it takes place in salem massachusetts oh i know and it's about this um this uh person who moves back there and is like maybe my family's a witch i think i might be a witch and then apparently i think her cat starts having paranormal (gasps) her cat's a witch i think her cat (laughs) might be a witch too (laughs) wait let me which 
I'm <laughs> hopping over to my floor. <laughs> oh, the floor, eh? <laughs> yeah, so I don't have a bookshelf, so all of my books are, like, <laughs> scattered everywhere. Oh, I've done that before, yes. Yeah, but I I also went not book shopping, but, well, I mean, yes, book shopping. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I went book hunting in my free bookstore. Oh, yeah. And I also found a few new cozy cat mystery series. And I just wanted to come gather them all together. Gather my little babies together. Yes, gather them together in a little nest egg like Khaleesi's dragons. Just kidding. I'll stop with the Game of Thrones. We can't do that anymore. (laughs) It's from like season one, Julia. No one cares about that part anymore. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, but let me let me just see what we got. Who did you say it was by? Let me see if I have one. <laughs> oh, yeah, Carol J. Perry. Oh, so close. I have a Carol Nelson Douglas. Oh, that's only kind of close. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> this one's called Cat in a Kiwi Con. I'm sorry, one more time? Cat in a Kiwi Con. Oh, con. Oh, also, sorry not to diverge too much, but, and also maybe this is unfair, but why does it not surprise me that at least two series of cat cozy mystery books are written by Carol's? Because that's our grandmother's name and she's obsessed with cats. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. Maybe I'm bringing something to that. (laughs) A little little close to home. (laughs) Fair, fair, fair. Yeah, this one's a Midnight Louie mystery, and I think the cat's name is Midnight Louie. Midnight Louie? Midnight Louie. Like, midnight, like the middle of the night, and Louie, like Louie Armstrong. Like, that's the whole, like, that, okay, we'll have to read it to understand, because I'm not sure I understand that. It's a Midnight Louie mystery. That's the series. I know, I just don't understand why you would name your cat Midnight Louie. I mean, I I don't know. I'm, just, I mean, just I'm swap it out for find out. It's a cocoa mystery. <laughs> no, I want to know why. <laughs> um, I have to follow all the clues. Yeah, well, the in the cover it starts with Midnight Louie, the purring pi, is a jet black feline sleuth. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, making his twelfth outing. In Carol Nelson Douglas's acclaimed cozy noir mystery series. Ooh, so this is book number up. 12. <laughs> you did not get the first one. <laughs> I did not get the first one. <laughs> Do I ever? It's a free bookstore. <laughs> fair, fair. What else you got? <clears throat> um, I actually have another Midnight Louie mystery called Catnip. Ooh. Uh, oh, like nope never mind continue oh, I was oh my say, god like, no it's not catnip it's catnap <laughs> oh that's what I was gonna say I was like oh like cat like kidnapping but then my brain wouldn't connect it and I was like oh maybe it's not maybe I need to not say anything <laughs> no you're right it's catnap yeah 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 um this one does not say which book it is so it's one of them Ooh, one of the 12 could be one, could be 12. Could be one, could be 12. I also have <laughs> um, Catapult, <laughs> a Cat Colorado mystery by Karen Kijewski. That's a lot of K's. K 
I mean, K sounds. Yeah. It, well, no, it is a lot of K's. It's all K's. <laughs> Even Carol? Karen. Oh, Karen. Karen. Sorry, I just was going back to Carol no matter what. <laughs> Karen Kijewski. Catapult starts with a K. And then a cat Colorado mystery. A cat starts with a K. Oh, I don't know that I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair to her, I think Cat is actually the name of the main character. Ah, oh, yes, of course it is. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, so it's not... I'm back on board. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a picture of a cat on the front, but I don't think this person has a cat. But her... there are cats involved? But her name is is cat okay we'll have to research that one more before we commit because didn't we read that other book and it was like had a cat in the front and we were like where the fuck <laughs> is the cat in this um yeah our Lucio, can you calm down um yeah so this one says she's a wise cracking 30 something california bartender turned pi a curious cat with nine lives oh, yeah, i think she's the cat but there is a picture oh, of a cat she's the, the cat all right. Well, I'll have maybe to. Maybe she's. I'll have to do something with this. Like maybe <laughs> <laughs> read it or give it back. Okay, fair. <laughs> um, but I also have another one by Clea Simmons. Gray, so many C's. Gray matters. Ooh, that's kind of a cool title. Yeah. So this one is actually about a ghost cat. Ooh, I love it. The sound of my shoe. <laughs> sound of me excitedly flapping the book (laughs) (laughs) perfect perfect yeah yep i on an unrelated well related because it's books but unrelated because there's no cat involved that i know of yet (laughs) but it's related because you and i are related (laughs) where am i going with this (laughs) father's day (laughs) oh no no i really excitedly we were in new york city recently and i Usually when I'm in New York City, I'm super overwhelmed and I just immediately I'm like, I hate everything. But this time I actually had a great time. And um, I the first night I was like, I'm going to do something that like is very specifically me. Like I'm going to find things I'm going to be really excited about that is going to make me love New York. And so I went to get ramen the first night and that ramen was so good. And then it just happened to be next to this really rad bookstore like super super cool but i bought a book that was called my sister the serial killer which i kind of like chuckled while buying (laughs) i mean i am a slytherin (laughs) i know i know just i'm saying but it actually doesn't bode well for me because the opening like literally the first couple lines of the book are the other sister cleaning up the body that the other that the serial killer sister murdered and so i was like well i don't know if i'd rather be a serial killer or the person that cleans up after the serial killer yeah both of those jobs sound terrible not that serial killer is a job or cleaning up after serial killer is a job but like they're both i guess livings i think some of i mean i think they think of them as occupations or at least callings i would say (laughs) in a dark and terrible way (laughs) like dexter exactly Oh, God. Should we start talking about our actual book? <laughs> yeah, but um, before we do, this thought crossed my mind, and uh-huh. I need to say it out loud before it disappears. Well, if we don't have a podcast for just that, then what do we even have it for? <laughs> do you think 
that among the four of us, because we are a group of four sisters, yes, we have a representative of each Hogwarts house. Oh, holy shit. That's really interesting. Because I, I don't think we might. I feel like, actually, maybe. Because Jessica, well, I don't know. I don't know. Jessica is obviously the smartest of all of us. Yeah. So like, which m- might Raven- put her in Ravenclaw. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And then Marlon's dumb but courageous. <laughs> Sorry, Marlon. <laughs> I love you. I mean, yeah, she would have to take on Gryffindor, which She'd like, have to be Gryffindor, ooh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think it, I think it could fit. I think she I might make too. a case for herself as a Hufflepuff, but like you've that's... already said it out loud, so that's yours. <laughs> well, true. I've claimed all of Hufflepuff, and it is only me. I'm in a one-room schoolhouse of Hufflepuff. Yeah, <laughs> Except, oh my God, did you see? You didn't see. You're not on Twitter. Um, someone tweeted at us. It was so cool. They were I don't like, have Twitter. I know. That's why I'm explaining it to you. <laughs> It was so cool. This person, this listener tweeted to us and was like, you guys, not only am I a Hufflepuff, but I also had a Tonkinese cat as a Patronus. Because remember, I know, because remember last time we were like, if anyone out there has a cat Patronus, let us know. Tell us immediately. Yeah. And she was like, yeah. "Yeah." And she even had screenshots. She had screenshots of her um, house and then of the cat Patronus, which looked really cool. It's like, oh my god, you're the best of all of us. This is so, so great. (laughs) You know who actually also has a variation of Cat Patronus? Hmm. Mom. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I made everyone in the house take the Patronus quiz. (laughs) And mom got Cheetah. Oh, that's really cool, actually. Yeah, forgot about that until now. I don't know that that's too far off. I mean, Mom has chased giant dogs out of our yard before. No, that's Serenita. No, Mom's done it too, but like Serenita, <laughs> which is what me- is making me think that it's cat-like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yes. All right, Indeed. well, continue to tell us your Patronuses. And your houses. Your Patroni. Patroni. Yes, yes. What would Quilleran's Patronus be? He probably wouldn't even take the quiz, <laughs> except we'd take it for him. We should take the Patronus quiz for him. Ooh, I think manatee. No. Oh. <laughs> That's a little bit insulting, and I love it. Guys, manatees are majestic week. creatures. <laughs> I know, but I feel like you're just telling him that he's portly, but I love it. Or walrus. Um, or the mustache. That's just the mustache. <laughs> okay, guys, we will 100% next time we record have Quillerin's house and Patronus for you. And... We'll take it together because we'll make yeah. sure we'll make sure we keep each other honest in our uh... yeah. <laughs> yes, in our dealings as as Quillerin representing his character. Wait, this is so perfect. We should do it with Quillerin, and then the week after we'll do it with Coco, and then after that we'll do it with Yum Yum. Mm, interesting. We could just keep doing it with characters. Maybe that could be like our little end tag from now on. I think Coco is probably a Gryffindor, and Yum Yum is probably a Ravenclaw. That's. I think that's probably pretty accurate, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or a Hufflepuff. 
yeah i was that i was teetering on hufflepuff for yum yum yeah yeah but coco for sure or um gryffindor yeah i would say so probably yeah yeah that sounds about right mm-hmm. i think Lauren would want to be a gryffindor but i think he would be a ravenclaw mm. but maybe he would be a gryffindor yeah i don't, I don't know, know. oh okay we should probably talk about the book and not continue <laughs> just characterize but we will we will have those guys we're going to take those quizzes for all of these fictional characters <laughs> yeah and eventually we'll branch off into other cozy mysteries also maybe oh yeah 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 there's yeah, also yeah. a secret book that i don't want to tell anyone about right now but i'm really excited about that i already told julie about that i think we're gonna do i already don't remember what you told me <laughs> okay perfect it'll be a surprise for you too i'll just send it to you is it the serial killer sister no but maybe you should read that because so far it's really good all right guys re-welcome to paranormal captivity we are the cozy mystery podcast about cat sleuths that you never knew you needed um today we are talking about we are in the third fourth of the cat who wasn't there which is cleverly named for cats who were not there but are now but they are now yeah luckily we have cats again (laughs) it is not a catless book uh but this this section was a little bit boring i don't know about what you thought um i thought that dinner scene was probably my favorite part of any book i've ever (laughs) really oh my god remind me because i kind of read it all fast i I must have oh my god it was just like the most absurd like overreaction to a (laughs) non-problem oh yes yes i do exactly remember this I feel like should we just start with that because not, I don't think there's anything to give away in this section really uh yeah I honestly can't, kind of can't remember where it picks up hmm <laughs> well let's see last time we oh last time we left off with Quillerin calling the cops and Fran Brody at the architecture firm at Amanda's architecture firm being uh super sassy about charging Quillerin for the phone call which I hope she did because that would be hilarious mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but Quillerin is concerned because he has seen the car another car I think I don't think it's the same car um with a Massachusetts license plate and he has learned that the car belongs to the new chef which I was wrong you were totally right it's not the old stone mill that the new chef is working at it is uh the new pickaxe hotel which the joke they love to tell about it is that it is the new pickaxe hotel was built in the uh 1900s so in like the early 1900s so it is not new but apparently it has a restaurant that is semi fancy ish and uh this new chef with a beard dun, dun, dun. with a beard works there so mm-hmm. yes um i just checked back at where this picked up and it actually i guess i think the first thing that is like of notable importance is um the call that quilleran gets from arch about doing a teddy bear story <laughs> oh my god the teddy bears yeah i know being boring because this has a lot of gems in it so stick with us but I guess I just mean that there's no murder and there's not a ton pushing the story, the like the the murder 
yeah plot there's like forward. a bunch of like weird random things that happen that yes. like might connect in the end or might just be weird random things that happen we don't know it's true but are truly excellent because yeah the first thing right arch has just gotten back from scotland and he is super jet lagged super cranky and he has sat next to the these uh eccentric sisters grace and oh do you remember what the other one's name is? No. Grace. And Grace. <laughs> Grace. No. And, and it's sad because that's the sister that always Brody. gets forgotten. But she I don't know. No. Carl? No. 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 No, no, no. Klaus. Klaus? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my. Um, let's see if I can get there anytime soon. Un momento. Oh, God. I'm, just, I'm literally just going through all the names that I'm seeing in this book. <laughs> oh, are you? Oh, oh you're just reading off. <clears throat> oh, yes. Here we go. Anywho, Melinda. No, that's the doctor. No. <laughs> you really thought you had it. Oh, we never would have guessed this. Zella. Oh no. We should have so, guessed that said, because it's so close to Zelda. <laughs> I know. Um, but it's sad because Zella is also the one who's like the more overlooked one. And like earlier we said that one of the sisters would pack, would kind of be forced to pack for the other sister. So Grace is the kind of more overbearing one and Zella is the one who's like and throughout this whole well, we'll get there, but never mind. I was about to jump forward. But <laughs> so Arch is super cranky because he had to sit next to these two sisters on the way back from Scotland. And they just talk his ear off about their teddy bear collection. Because if you remember, they have so many teddy bears that it is, I mean, maybe considered a stockpile. It's just too many. Yeah, I mean, we we get the image later on in the book, and it is quite a few. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we get the but, full number, too, and I think it's in the thousands. Oh, yeah, I think it's, like, in the, like, three or four thousands. Like, it's not, like a like, a one thousand. It's, like... Numerous I thousands. Can't remember, but it was a large number. Yes, yes. So yeah, so Arch basically like yells at Quillerin as if it's his fault that he had to sit next to Grace and Zella and listen about the teddy bears for like, you know, a nine hour flight or whatever it is. And uh Arch at the end of the conversation yells to Quillerin, like, Well, why don't you just you need to call them and get them off my back and like you need to like they wanted to write a history of teddy bears and you need to write it and edit it and like you could do that you're not doing anything else click like he's so sassy and so Quillerin, i think you know initially just like his normal grumpy self doesn't really sit, you know kind of is just like you need to get some sleep go take a nap oh because that's the other thing is that arch has, had gone like straight to the newspaper office and Quillerin's like why are you there go to bed yeah because who wants to go to work right off the plane nope not not smart no i mean Um, arch obviously does but like no one else in their right mind no 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 um yeah what happens after that because the next like progression in that storyline is that quillerin does 
end up oh the dinner is next i think because i he think calls the dinner yeah i think the dinner is next he uh he wants to check out this new chef that he is very suspicious of yes. wait is that the chef that he's suspicious of yeah they go to the old um or the new pickaxe hotel yeah mm-hmm because he wants to, yeah, snoop around and ask questions about the uh, the new chef. Yeah. But doesn't get a chance to. Dun, dun, dun. Doesn't get a chance to. Yeah, so he brings Polly to this new restaurant. Or this new, it's an old restaurant. New hotel, new chef, old restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> new oh chef, God. old restaurant. <laughs> the new Netflix series. Um, yeah, and I feel like he kind of tricks her into it. He's like, oh, yeah, this chef is, like, world-renowned. He's so great. I've heard, like, such good things about him. But, yeah, they show up, and it doesn't seem, like, that impressive of a menu. So they're just kind of like, meh, yeah, we'll get, like, whatever. And I think Polly orders, like, what, salmon, and Quilleran orders a chicken cordon bleu. Well, yes, that's what he orders. That is what he orders. And we've seen... So I think it was the big potato mountain scene where we've seen Quillerin like overreact a little bit at a restaurant. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he has quite the, he, and like in that one, I think he overreacted because they brought like a soup before a salad or like a soup, oh. the main course or like right. something was out of order, not totally proper. And Quillerin just like flipped out and was like, well, this is ridiculous. Well, he was also at the time, we should give him a little bit credit because we at the time he was suspicious that they were uh, doing a bad job just because of the date that he brought, who was a tater and not a spud. It's or, true. Uh, a spud, not a... A spud, not a... Oh, no. I don't remember. I know I already forget. <laughs> <laughs> who was a local and not a vacationer. <laughs> right. Not a very rich... Uh, I think spud... I think taters were the locals and spuds were the rich people yeah that sounds right i think that might be right yeah um anyways anyways anyways. yeah this time quillerin flips out because so he orders his chicken and he like jabs a fork into it and instead of gooey melty cheese and ham flowing out he gets squirted in the face with melted butter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes the the face and the lapel and the lapel yeah so his nice fancy suede lapel gets gushed on by butter and i don't i mean i guess that that is quite the uh that is a little upsetting i don't know if anyone's ever spilled butter on them but i certainly have <laughs> well you know what i just did as a small small uh tangential story here um on our last show, on the last leg of the And That's Why We Drink Tour, we were in the green room in Long Island. And everyone was being so nice. The theater was so sweet. The show ended up being so good. But right before the show, the the theater had, like, at full, like, a like an in-house chef. So they had, like, made the, this, like, amazing, like, meal for us and for all of the stagehands and production team and, like, everyone. And so we were eating this, like, great food. And... <laughs> We all were just, like, going back for, like, plates and plates of food. I had had, like, so... Anyway, I don't know how many plates. It was, like, I had gone back for seconds, maybe thirds. I was holding my plate and, like, trying to do a bunch of other stuff on my computer at the same time. And I, in such a spectacularly, like, stupid moment, 
I don't even know what happened, but all of a sudden I just saw like food flying in front of my face. And I was like, (laughs) what is happening? Oh, no. (laughs) And my plate ended up like face down on my lap. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So if you saw me that night with a giant sticker, I basically went to the, the, um, I had like little shout wipes or whatever. And I was like trying to, you know, rub it, rub it out. But, um, all theaters usually have like a backstage credentials like so if you are needing to be in a couple different places in the theater you get like a sticker to be like here I'm like allowed to be in all these areas and so I hadn't gotten that yet and so I like went to them covering the spot and was like do you guys have a sticker (laughs) (laughs) and so I had a giant sticker on my pants Uh, if anyone saw me with that sticker that's what that was (laughs) was covering a lot of pasta sauce and uh, couscous stain (laughs) I mean okay pasta sauce that's pretty bad couscous I can imagine was dry enough that it didn't leave that big of a mark that's true it was mostly the it I mean there was still a lot of delicious pasta on my plate it was mostly the pasta the couscous just Uh like made for a really hard cleanup (laughs) (laughs) it's like sand that grinds in instead of wiping off (laughs) yes Uh, yeah all that to say I feel you Quill I feel you yeah I the other day i had just made a like really great pants find at a thrift store and like Mm. granted they were like three dollars so I can't be that upset about ruining them like immediately (laughs) no but that's even worse like you found this victorious thing I know they were so they like fit perfectly they were super cute like great color and tailor (laughs) so you know they were like fancy and expensive to begin with oh God, I love that kind of find. I know. It was so good. And they were like the tag that was 50% off that day. So they were even cheaper than normal. Mm, Uh, It was wonderful. Yeah. But then I wore them like twice and like splattered grease all over them from cooking. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Because butter and grease and any kind of like pasta sauce is also hard to get out. But definitely those grease. Mm -hmm. Grease based. Anything with animal fat in it, like you just can't get it out. It's like their revenge for being murdered to end up. I know. (laughs) We're just gonna ruin your clothes if you kill us. It's so true. Oh my god. Yeah. Although butter, no, no one, no one died for butter, but no one died for oil either. What am I talking about? That's plant based. (laughs) Yeah, that is plant based. But Quillerin also does not take this very well because yeah, he immediately no. yeah, is the no. huffiest. Well, he gets super huffy and Polly gets super huffy because it ends up that the <laughs> chef made them a chicken Kiev instead of a chicken cordon bleu, which in my mind, I do not know the difference. And if I cut into a chicken cordon bleu and butter squirted out I would probably be like oh yeah that's great <laughs> uh, well here's the thing I definitely know a chicken cordon bleu I would not know what a chicken Kiev is and I could so easily just be convinced by what ends up happening which is that they you know they're both immediately like this is chicken Kiev and they send it back and then the chef is like or the waiter comes back and is like the chef says this is chicken cordon bleu and they're both like oh wah, wah. whereas I would have been <laughs> like oh my god you're right I'm so sorry <laughs> I probably squirted this on myself on purpose like I I'll just whew, it's all my fault yeah no which is I what mean, I default to always 
right yeah no I probably would too and like the most I would complain about is like oh that chicken cordon bleu didn't have a whole lot of cheese in it (laughs) right because I think that's what I would know like I would always assume that I knew that there would be cheese somewhere yeah I mean I also know what a chicken cordon bleu is I'm just saying that like if I cut into something and it gushed butter instead of cheese like I'm not sure I would be that upset (laughs) oh fair fair yeah yeah i see what you're saying yeah and also if it doesn't have ham like i know chicken cordon bleu is like wrapped with like ham and cheese like if it's lacking ham i can live without that that's true but i would miss that cheese i would definitely miss that cheese but anyway quiller and polly both like highly overreacted and like stormed out and refused to eat their dinner or pay and Quiller and even yeah, threatened the waiter. Yeah, Quiller even threatened the waiter and was like, "You are getting a check or a bill for my fancy coat that is ruined." It's like fancy suede coat that he splurged on. Well, I think he splurged. Oh, they do go into that too. He splurged on it at the place where we have also seen numerous times that Quiller and complains about the the. Um, clothes being overpriced but really he's just kind of a miser and doesn't want to pay a lot for clothes and this is like Mm -hmm. a tailor Mm -hmm. shop and so the guy there is Scottish and so Quiller and Anna High from being in Scotland and his mother is a Macintosh which did you pick (laughs) up that was a joke that was a joke it was yeah no it's a joke oh my god I about died when Polly I don't remember what like what the context was but Polly at some point did say to Quiller and but your mother was a Macintosh. And then they laugh about it. It's like an inside joke. Yeah. No, it was oh when they God. were making up because they have an argument right after this and they blame it on the butter. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, in, in their apology, he was like, I was just upset about the sports coat. And she was like, oh, I know I would be too. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. They really, it takes a while for them to reconcile. But when they finally do, it's like you guys could have done this days ago if it's just about fucking butter (laughs) yeah well it wasn't just about butter but they blame it on the butter because it was apparently so upsetting to both of them that they just got super riled up and could not control their feelings for the rest of the dinner (laughs) it's really true both they should have just gone home but what they do instead is go to old stone mill which is their actual favorite restaurant which i think is why i got it confused with last Mm. time where they yeah. went or where the chef worked and so yeah they go to the old stone mill and they like try to salvage their dinner but before they even get their food Quillerin decides to br- bring up he hasn't really I guess fully brought up any of his suspicions about Irma's death and possible involvement in a like jewel robbery jewel theft and uh, maybe drug trade lots of other things and uh, decides to do that now yeah good timing great timing polly loves it yeah no she like storms out in a huff and was like finish your dinner i'll wait in the car (laughs) yeah basically yeah which is funny because everything's like walkable in pickaxe and so it's like she could have just like walked somewhere else if she really anyway doesn't matter i mean it could have been down like an old country lane it could yeah anyway either way they go home and Quillerin eats a sad sandwich over his counter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like defrost something or like 
I always get like really sad when he talks about defrosting things. Not that I don't love a good frozen meal. I love a good frozen meal, but it's just the way that they're worded sometimes. It's like, like, especially for breakfast, it's like Quiller and defrosted a, like a breakfast bun, which I love a breakfast bun, but the idea yeah, of a frozen breakfast bun. Right. You can't defrost not... anything bread. Right. Really. Bread it's... is not. I mean, you can toast it again, I guess, but like, it doesn't sound like he does. It sounds like he's just microwaving it. I know. I'm like, dude, just go to a diner or something. If you do that. <laughs> or just anyway. like, figure out how to make oatmeal. Like, it's so easy. <laughs> I know. You already know how to make coffee. Oatmeal is not that different. You can probably make oatmeal in a coffee pot. You probably could. I'm nitpicking Quiller in today. I'm just on a tear. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so they separate very mad at each other. And, you know, Polly is, you know, upset the quiller and has naysayed her friend especially her dead friend and Quillerin is uh just thinking that polly's overreacting not really thinking about his own overreaction they were both overreacting but the good news is um so when Quillerin goes home that night he kind of like tosses his sports this fancy sport coat on the chair and was like like does goes off in a huff and eats his sad sandwich and goes to bed but in the morning the magical butter fairies have removed (laughs) the stain (laughs) yeah this was maybe one of my favorite parts of all of these books yeah he (laughs) he comes back out the next morning and he's like where's my jacket and it's just like in a clump on the floor with like cat hair all over it and he picks it up and is like where's the butter stain (laughs) yep it is gone because it is in the tummies of the cats <laughs> yeah which i also find delightful and wish it were true that cats could actually remove butter stains <laughs> I, know. I know although their tongues are so sandpapery shadow was licking me like my little my hand while he was laying on me today franklin oh, sorry his he got his little paw stuck on my scarf can you stop that he was just doing that. He was pawing at the door. Every time I close that door, we like never close that door. So every time I close it to record, they like panic, I think. And Franklin mm. is the only one who can open it. Like he can reach under the bottom because it doesn't fully latch. So he just like clambers all over it as soon as it's closed. So I was like, oh, I know if I don't let him. Oh, God. And here he comes. He's pushing through. Are you going to come in? Maybe John will feed you before. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, so yeah, Quillerin's bad at cooking. Uh, the cats are, oh, right. The cats get butter stains out of suede jackets, apparently. Yes. And he thinks to call Polly. He's like, oh, I should call Polly about this. I should tell her the miracle of the cat butter licking. But he doesn't because they're still in a fight. Because they're in a fight. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so... I don't I don't really remember what happens next, but I do know that before he and Polly reconcile, he decides to go see Melinda. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think one of the biggest plot points for the murder or for the um, the mystery, this section is that he's been plotting since last. I think we may not have mentioned it last um, segment but he did have the idea initially in the last segment that he wanted to casually bump into Melinda and ask her her you know professional medical opinion if Irma could have 
instead of because right now it's medically or it's like on record that she died of a heart attack and he he basically wants to see if there's any wiggle room to be like oh no she could have been poisoned because he thinks that she's been poisoned and that it's it's was intentional and uh but he has this whole thing where he's like oh but i can't like just go up and talk to her because she's gonna take that the wrong way i can't go in i can't like call her i don't know why he couldn't just call her like on the phone it seems like the easiest thing but he thinks that would open too much of like a personal door um he then thinks like oh maybe i'll go in for my i am due for a physical but he's like oh no i can't do that because then she's gonna like rip my clothes off and uh then he decides that the safest bet is to casually bump into her and where can he find her she is playing lady macbeth in the local community theater play which just so happens to be in his backyard (laughs) basically he walks through some creepy woods and then gets to the theater yeah pretty much um he goes during like their dress rehearsal so he's like oh yeah just popping in to see how it's going (laughs) yeah but but, yeah we get like a little glimpse into how the play is going apparently it's going very well quillerin really likes the way the director is directing things he's impressed by that Yes, yes. And he sees yet again why Larry, who, as you'll recall, was our tour guide throughout Scotland for the Bonnie Scott's Pickaxe Tour Group. But he is also, I forget who exactly he's playing. Maybe he's actually playing Macbeth, but um, is Macbeth, I just had like a complete panic and was like, is Macbeth an actual character? It's not just Lady Macbeth. <laughs> no, there is a Macbeth who is killed. Okay, I'm I need to stop talking about this because I'm about yeah, to Yeah, to be completely movie. honest, I, like, no longer know the difference between Hamlet and Macbeth, so you could probably <laughs> say anything. Fair, <laughs> And fair. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, because right? they did the line, they did the line during the dress rehearsal, the, like, out oh, damn spot, and I was like, oh, so there is Ophelia in this one. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> that's definitely a Lady Macbeth line, Ophelia's in Hamlet. <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel that at least I I do know. Yeah, Macbeth is Lady Macbeth is because she's just she that's her like guilt talking, her like guilt. She gets she gets the crazies, which as a small diversion. Oh, I forgot to finish my sentence earlier. Sorry. So I was gonna say Larry Quillerin also discovers that Larry is, yeah, I think he's always heard that Larry is a good actor. But I, I think he sees it in action here, too, in the same way that he's really impressed with the director. He sees Larry, like, asking the director a lot of really insightful questions and then sees him acting and, like, changing the way that he does things based on different, you know, like, blah, blah, blah feelings. I don't know acting. I am pretty far from that. But that was something that he was seeing, too. And I think he even started to see, which is segueing into the other thing that I was going to remember to say, which was that. I think he starts to see that Melinda is maybe not as good in the part as everyone would want her to be. Yeah, we start hearing some things about Melinda this section. Yeah. And I I can't remember. No, I think it comes up later. The, like, other gossip about her. Yeah, the biggest part comes up when, because Quillerin about this time runs into uh, the woman who is, you know, runs the administrative of the theater and so she harangues him into selling tickets before 
um there's like a day i guess where tickets go on sale and so she's gotten quillerin to agree to sell tickets and so one of the biggest things about that whole debacle is something that comes out about melinda which we'll get to a little bit later yes but during this section he does run into melinda accidentally on purpose Yes, because because he was like, well, I can't apologize to Polly if I'm right. So I have to talk to Melinda. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He's like he's like going to these extremes. He was already probably going to do it. But he's also like, if there's any chance that she was poisoned, then that proves that I was right. And this fight is all Polly's (laughs) fault. He's such a kid. Right. Yeah. But basically, I mean, nothing really comes out of this conversation except for melinda being like nope it was definitely a heart attack like she had a terrible heart no if ands or buts like couldn't be anything else definitely a heart attack yeah but she says it in the tone of like oh lover you of course don't know medicine like i do yeah she was let really thinking me... about it <laughs> she was she was like let me come over and have drinks and i'll tell you all about it yeah um turning some heads but i think that's it for that and then quillerin does come back is teddy bear mansion next (laughs) oh yes teddy bear mansion's next yes a hundred percent oh my god julia tell us about teddy bear mansion (laughs) yeah so quillerin does agree to do this story with grace and zella Mm -hmm. zella with uh, grace and zella about their teddy bears so he um they invite him over for lunch and he was like oh no i can't i have plans and then he like goes and eats by himself (laughs) (laughs) right i love i actually loved that i was like you know what long live introverts i don't care you gotta lie sometimes to just do shit by yourself it's true he he pulls out some like pretty good excuses that like that one i can't remember what he used it for it might have been with melinda but he was like oh the the like long used journalist like standby excuse he was like oh i'm at a deadline i'm sorry i can't (laughs) yes i mean i'm gonna start using that i loved it so much yeah yeah no for sure but Uh, yeah so he shows up at uh grace and zella's with two bouquets of flowers like a gentleman should and would in that time period <laughs> well it's Which like the, the 90s, the 90s. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um it feels like it's farther back <laughs> it does it really does and it's also not like a hundred percent clear like i know there's not much lead up to like it doesn't sound like it sounds kind of random quiller and showing up and there's not much else like he really does just like out of he like thinks about calling Polly and then is like no I couldn't possibly end this fight and then like just calls the sisters out of the blue and is like well if I'm not going to call Polly I might as well do something else with my time like literally what Arch is saying is like you have time and he's like well no I don't and then like proves Arch right (laughs) yeah yeah no he totally does have time um but yeah, so he he heads over there and he walks in and is immediately like, oh my god. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Teddy bears everywhere. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty, I mean, I don't think anything important happens at this point. He just well, learns a lot about teddy bears and he sees a shit ton of teddy bears <laughs> and just like 
hangs out with these two kind of crazy teddy bear fanatic sisters for an afternoon and has tea with them. Well, um, a couple interesting things that I thought, which probably don't really factor into anything, but one of them is that we see again that Grace is like the overpowering of the two because she's like, Zella, you can serve us tea now. And like, is like in instructing Zella to like do things throughout their entire lunch. Um, and so I, I know this won't happen, but I really want there to be an end point where Zella just like snaps. Also, maybe Zella stole her fucking jewels. Like maybe it wasn't even like tied in. Like <laughs> Zella wonder. sold them off. <laughs> yeah. Zella just sold them on eBay. <laughs> yeah. was like, I want more teddy bears. We'll get rid of these jewels. <laughs> well, because that actually, I was like kind of cracking up because one of the, um, the like scenes that I loved was when Quillerin, you know, knocks on the door. He has these two bouquets of flowers that he's like, oh, thank God I got two because there are two sisters. He was originally just going to get one. But Zella like freaks out when he gives her one because she's kind of the overlooked one, I think, a lot because Grace is so like overbearing. But my like favorite image was when Quillerin opens the door and the description of both of them, like Grace is just very like out, out there and kind of, you know, the more outgoing of the two but she they like describe them physically and zella is the one who is like decked head to toe like actually wearing like all of their teddy bear like charms and jewels and like all the like extras like all the you know trimmings and trappings that they seem to have and like in their lives and grace doesn't really have anything anymore because all of it was in her fucking luggage that got stolen so I did kind of like the that look and like that seemed like maybe a clue. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But the other thing that did happen is that Quillerin got his own little tiny teddy bear. <laughs> he did get a little tiny teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, the very end, I think it was Zella or maybe them together give him like a very small little like pocket sized teddy bear that they bring he brings home and then um you know, Coco immediately smells and tries to, like, dig out of his pocket. Oh, you know, for some reason, I I don't remember why, like, what in their conversation would have made me think that there was, like, surveillance in the teddy bear. <laughs> but <laughs> for some reason, when I was reading that, because he brought it home and he had it in his pocket, um... And Coco, like, immediately goes in and, like, tries to grab it. And he was like, oh, no, you don't. And, like, takes it and shoves it in a drawer. And I was like, oh, good. It's probably a good thing that, like, he put it in a drawer. The bear's tapped. Yeah. I don't know why I thought the bear was tapped in that moment. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. I can't remember. There must have been something that the sisters had said in the conversation that I was like, are they trying to, like, spy on (laughs) Quillery? I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, but I also wouldn't necessarily think that was there actually equipment that small in the 90s? Like, I feel like they had that I don't, equipment. I don't. Probably not. <laughs> fair. Fair. Yeah, and was there wireless in the 90s? Because I think right? probably not also. That's, yeah. Well, I mean, battery powered, but I mean, who then knows? You have to, like, come back and pick it and anyway that's it's a whole thing it's a whole thing i'm just super paranoid (laughs) i'm not gonna get on board with that bet but i'm also not gonna naysay it i kind of like i would like if that would would happen i don't think that's gonna happen (laughs) 
But why else would she have written in that he threw it in a drawer? <laughs> That's true. You know what? That is true because it is a very specific thing. I wonder if, do you think that maybe the cats find it later? Because my, my cats can pull open drawers. I wonder if like they find it later and there's something else that he's, oh, here comes Franklin. Did you hear that? Franklin just opened the door. <laughs> oh, yeah. A little like, thump. Yep. Oh, welcome. Hello. Um, yeah, I wonder if it relates to, like, maybe something else that's in the drawer. Like, it's going to remind him of something else. Oh, do you know what else happens, too? Ooh, I was just going to say, like, something else could be in the drawer, including Bushy's photos, which I think that might be one of the next things that happens. Mm. Is that Bushy... Because yeah. I think, doesn't he put... He puts some photos in there, too, because he's trying to save them from uh, Coco also. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, because Bushy brings over some photos that are apparently quite lovely. He yes. has a very nice eye for the the scenic photography style. The finer things. The finer things in life. Yes, yes. Indeed. Um, yeah, so we learn a couple of things from that. Yes. Um, the first, which actually is related to the murder, is that Bushy has a photo of the driver. What? Yes. Important. Yes, very important. And he, um, so basically Bushy decides, Shadow, move over. Shadow just stole my seat. Um, no. I know. What a, what a jerk. Um, yeah. So yeah, Bushy comes over to Quillerin's and is like, hey, I have all these photos. Let me show you. And yeah, Quillerin kind of immediately sees that and then is like, take these to the um sheriff to andrew brody the one cop in <laughs> x um and so they do potentially we don't get any follow-up on that quite yet but we do have the potential lead that they now have an image of the driver which they didn't before yeah what else comes out of that there was something weird too about later when quillerin was looking it was after he had heard i think it was later it was after he had heard the like kind of rumblings of rumors about Melinda. Yeah, that's not until the end. That's the cliffhanger. Oh, that's the cliffhanger! Sorry, I was about to give away the cliffhanger. It felt Don't give away the cliffhanger! It It felt wrong. Okay, I'll stop. (laughs) No, the other two things that we talk about, we don't really... It's not that important. It's not important to the murder, but it is important to pickaxe social life and standing um, <laughs> that's so, very important julia <laughs> yes it is so unfortunately brody and his wife are having marital problems so oh, they are that's separating right. she is actually this might this could potentially be important she is uh focusing on her career which bravo to her but she's like coupled up with this other re- restaurant person guy who we don't know who is like kind of just coming out of nowhere but given that our potential uh creep is a new chef i'm starting to talk myself into being suspicious about this guy oh i could see that okay all right yeah right either that or they're gonna just like kick the new chef out of town and take over that restaurant i don't know we'll see what happens but maybe Anyway, um, so yeah, Brody's 
wife is starting a new restaurant and potentially a new love life with this mystery man, this mystery restaurant entrepreneur. Yes. Um, but Brody's plan, um, he kind of pitched to Quiller in that he might be interested in opening a photography studio in Pickaxe because, as you will remember, he is not currently located in Pickaxe. Right. He is in the steeplechase town of Lockmaster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A.K.A. Middleburg, Virginia. Um, A.K.A. Middleburg. But which I love because I do love Brody. I think he he seems like a very uh, a good addition, although he does also seem like a very Arch Riker type. I think he's just like a younger like Arch type of friend for Quillerin. Yeah. So but, guy. Yeah. But yeah. Um. I think that's, yeah, so he, right, he says that, he comes over, he drops off the photos, there are a couple instances where Coco tries to pull, like, Coco Lick kind of, them? Yeah! <laughs> this is, like, now the second or third time that we've talked about, like, cat licking today, which now I'm watching Shadow, like, lick his tiny little murder paws. <laughs> <laughs> murder paws. Yeah, Coco's been doing some, a couple of weird things. The first of which is licking photographs right but i guess he already likes like stamps and adhesives so maybe the tops of photographs are like kind of i don't know they're shiny maybe they have something on there that he likes that's true and bushy does say like he he's developed all these photos himself and so he's like oh i mean which like i kind of thought too and i was like well but you use like really crazy chemicals for that like maybe you shouldn't i mean not that they're letting him lick them but they kind of could just casually are like, oh, maybe he likes the, you know, whatever, whatever resin. Is that a thing? I don't think that's I don't photos. know. <laughs> I don't think but it's like something. Know. And he's like, oh, yeah, maybe he likes the whatever on it. And they're kind of casually like, oh, yeah, maybe. But I'm like, wait, you use like hard chemicals for developing photos. Like, maybe you shouldn't be so casual about Yeah, that? I mean, he does take them away because, I mean, he's not really worried about Coco. He's worried about the photographs being ruined. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, but um, oh, the other weird thing that Coco's been doing is um, running full speed into Quillerin and just like knocking into him. Oh yeah, that was very strange. Yeah, he did that twice. Wasn't it one time while he had the bear, like when he first got home? Um, I can't remember when the first time was. The okay. second time was when he decided not to go to Scottish night. Scottish night? What was that? Scottish night? Did I read too far? <laughs> oh shit, you might have read too far. Uh-oh. Or maybe I didn't read far enough. Oh, what? we didn't really even talk about how far <laughs> we should read. <laughs> what chapters did you read? Oh no, I think I read through... Oh, you know what? I did actually, I realized too too late that I was like, Oh, my Kindle only says 70%. I should have read one more chapter, I think. Oh, yeah. I read through 13. Oh, shit. I think I only read through 12. No. Oh, no. Sorry. We're ever professional over here and on the same page. Literally not on the same page. Literally not on the same page. Oh, no. Well, then my cliffhanger is different than your cliffhanger. Oh, no. Well, what about this? So what if? Do you want to just, we can go up to my cliffhanger and then you can just tell me about 
the next chapter i don't really remember what happened oh okay so then we'll just have to you'll have i mean forget it for next time there's there's definitely a scottish night that i think you will enjoy reading and talking about so i (laughs) i'll we'll we'll leave it we'll leave it for next time because well scottish Scottish night okay is that (laughs) just gonna leave it at that just those two words yeah so Um, this is great i'm gonna um admit something on tape that i probably shouldn't admit (laughs) juicy Juicy secrets so i was reading in the gym last night because (laughs) i I thought that would be a good idea and it was like fine for the treadmill but not for weightlifting i was just like on the the like leg press thing reading and i was like oh my god i I lost count and my legs hurt and i haven't finished this chapter yet my god you were (laughs) reading how how did you even position your phone while you were you reading on your phone yeah i was reading on my phone holding it you were holding it while weightlifting how were you lift oh with legs leg presses uh I like that you're worried about admitting that. I openly admitted that I was reading while driving one time. That's like actually illegal. <laughs> well, no, th- this wasn't the part that I was worried about admitting. <laughs> oh, there's more. Yeah. So, yeah. So I read up t- to, I think, where you are right now at the gym. And then I like started reading the next chapter, but then like forgot to finish it. I don't know. It was a whole big mess. So I actually, I had a work event tonight. I went to a school board meeting (laughs) and read the last chapter while I was at the school board meeting waiting for my turn to talk. Oh, I've definitely read at times I shouldn't. I mean, yeah, definitely don't feel alone in that. That's great. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) highly recommend that everyone goes to a school board meeting. (laughs) They're really exciting. (laughs) <laughs> but also has the cat who on their Kindle ready and available. Yeah, but <laughs> but actually though, if you're a teacher, I I, I really would recommend going to a school board meeting. People, <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. It was the first one that I've ever been to. People got up and talked about like whatever the fuck they felt like. I mean, it had to be related to schools, but it was just teachers and parents coming in, being like, "You're doing a terrible job, and you need to fix this now." And I was like, "Oh man." I bet this would be like a fun place for people with complaints to come and just like talk to important people. I was going to say, can you like, just do that? I guess that's what a town hall is, right? Like we could all just go to town halls and be like, yeah, no, I'm going to a city council meeting like in two weeks and I'm excited about it. <laughs> oh my God. Can we send you with a list of complaints, guys? Tweet your complaints to us and we'll give them to Julia to take to the yeah. political realms for us. I mean, technically, I'm there to talk about summer meals, but like, I'll go on my off time and complain for anyone who wants. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, oh that's how that's how politics works. But yeah, I totally <laughs> behind I totally the veil read, read through most of that because I am I I don't work in the school system. I didn't have any do care, yet. but I don't have complaints, and I don't want to listen. <laughs> There, I there. just want them to feed children because that's my job. Oh, oh. yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, all that to say, I did finish chapter thirteen, and we are no longer in the same place. <laughs> oh no, we're not in the same place anymore. But well, I, I do not you... very. I did not read it very well. I kind of skimmed it, so I think it probably is better to save Scottish Night for next time. 
Oh, well, I can't wait to find out what happens in Scottish night. Um, I feel like there are only a few other things. I mean, we can go up to the cliffhanger that I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah. Um, Which I think actually initially you were maybe thinking of too, because I think I almost gave it away. And then you were like, well, that was the cliffhanger. Maybe. Right. Is it the same cliffhanger? Are we in the same place? I thought you literally just said, is his name cliffhanger? And I was like, no. No, there is no character named Cliffhanger. <laughs> a character named Cliff Hanger. <laughs> Into it. Into it. He just shows up at the end of every chapter and says, hi, hello, and then goodbye. <laughs> Where'd he go? Dumbest. That's the dumbest thing, and I love it. <laughs> Oh, God, I have to drink more for that. (laughs) (laughs) Where'd Cliff go? (laughs) You'll have to stay tuned to find out. (laughs) Oh, God, Cliff. Cliff and Quill would be good friends, too, you know. (sighs) And they never meet. Him and Coco would meet, but him and Quill would never meet. (laughs) Oh my god, so funny. (laughs) So, yeah, so what else? Uh, Oh, so we get the little rumblings about Melinda. So the next thing I think is that Quillerin goes to sell tickets for... Yeah, but he, before this, he actually does make up with Polly. I don't think we got to that Oh, right. Yeah, he does. That's right. Oh, and he sends... Brody. Brody? The one police chief? The no. one police? I don't know. The photographer? Bushy? Bushy. Yeah. Bushy. Um, I think he sends Bushy the job to go take photos of the teddy bears because oh, they're yeah. publishing that story. They are. They're doing it as a, an article, not a book. But the thing that comes out of that, yeah, is that Bushy might now have a job with the pickaxe something which yet again is an actual name of this fictional newspaper i have not made that up yes. um but yeah so it looks like bushy's going to be a more staple he's not only thinking about opening a photography studio in pickaxe he is now potentially working for the something the something the something but yeah, yeah so he we leave him we don't really hear from him again but i assume next segment the end segment we will <laughs> find cliffhanger with bushy at least uh <laughs> yes. we will tie up that little segment about the yeah i do hope the teddy bears factor in at least a little bit that would be interesting um have you gotten to the part where the teddy bear story gets published no no oh, no no oh, no <laughs> oh, how dare you uh, okay no no, I think it's the very end. A really great part. Oh, stop teasing me. <laughs> no. I have the upper hand. No. The, uh, the only parts, let's see. The last little bits that I remember. Uh, so Quillerin sell tickets? Quillerin goes to sell tickets and then he okay. learns from the one. Everyone else is apparently fine, but like the one cranky person who's there. <laughs> Is this woman who like can't seem to figure out like seating in any way, shape, or form? Yeah. And so Quillen's like, 
a daughter who's playing like a side character that Quillerin's like, who's your daughter? Like, what is she doing? Okay, why are there like 15 people from your family coming? Right. And then she kind of drops the hint that like, oh, actually the director has had her learning Lady Macbeth's lines, J-I-Z. So yeah. that's very juicy because, uh, and the lady doesn't really say this, but Quillerin's like, oh, they must be kind of second guessing Melinda's um, uh, abilities based on like what he saw at the rehearsal. He had yeah. also earlier heard that Melinda had lost another patient, which like, I don't know why that would be on her, but I just don't think we have any other information about that yet. Well, we did actually hear, and correct me if this is not in this section, I think it was, but we did hear from someone that Melinda has made a couple of pharmacy mistakes. Yeah, oh, with yeah. Her prescriptions yeah. also. So she has been slipping up quite a bit. It was like someone, like the nurse or the pharmacist or someone had caught the mistakes and it was a dosage error. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do remember that. And luckily yeah, so, they caught it, but... Yeah, and so that was when Quillerin started thinking, like, oh, maybe she, like, isn't 100% right about Irma's death. Like, if she's kind of, like, slipping up in, you know, dosages and she's, like, slipping on her lines, you know, like, maybe she's just under a lot of stress, you know, maybe something else is going on, like, maybe she could have made a mistake and maybe I should still be looking into this. Right, exactly. But he smartly does not mention that. It even says, like, smartly does not mention that to Polly. Um, yeah. Because they do go to the um, the Palomino Paddock. Yes. Palomino Paddock? Palomino the, Paddock. The, the fancy five-star, seven-price dollar sign. <laughs> yeah. Restaurant. And uh, that's the one in Lockmaster that she initially went to with the bushy-haired man, redhead from, uh... Yeah, the, the murderer. Yeah. But so her and Quill go back this time to, like, make up, and not really much happens, except that that's when they see Bushy's wife with this other restaurateur. The restaurateur. They also had a very nosy waitress. <laughs> they did. Like, every time she came up, she was like, hmm, I have something to say about what you're talking about. And Quillerin was like, one time when she walked away, Quillen was like, you better say anything you need to say now because she's going to come back and be all up in our business. Yeah. But they had, I mean, they like gossiped back and forth for a while. And I'm sure some of the information that we didn't know where it came from probably came from the waitress. But I can't really remember anything like spectacular happening at that dinner. No, I think that's actually where we find out about, yeah, like the pharmacy stuff from maybe Polly and like. We get a few other, yeah, like, things that I think we've already said. Um, Yeah, what else? The only big thing that I remember after that, one of the more, like, Cliff Hanger. Cliff Hanger will tell us. um, (laughs) The moment of Quillerin looking through the photos again at home and him seeing photo after photo of, like, just like a wistful like woman in all these different photos and it it ends up being Melinda um that he's seen like over and over again in Bushy's photos that he's taken and she just like I don't know the way that it was written was just very suspicious like it kind of pointed in directions that I I don't know I just didn't really know what to think about it I thought it was kind of pointing again towards like 
her being maybe just her being sad but also like I don't know adding to like some sort of mystery around Melinda indeed oh although there was one other thing I did forget um Quillerin takes Polly has been asking Quillerin to take yum yum to uh a retirement oh, yeah center <laughs> that actually this actually is important for the next chapter <laughs> oh is it well good yeah. maybe you'll remind me what is actually divulged there because it does end up being as is Quillerin's like always kind of good luck in these things he ends up so he does bring yum yum to this retirement center as like a it's like a bring your pet to like you know take to take to the elderly to soothe like them a, like a, yeah, therapy companion animal day which yeah. sounds like a terrible idea with non-trained companion animals yes it does it sounds like yum yum performs more above and beyond what you could expect any just regular pet to perform yeah she sat quietly and allowed herself to be pet yeah she just like more than my cats would do (laughs) oh my cats would be like oh my my god they would be like out the window and under the bed and like they'd be gone yeah it'd be goodbye to all my cats i do think that chuni would make a remarkable therapy animal but he would have to be he would have to like have people come to him in a room that he already knew (laughs) oh yeah that well that's part of it too yeah there's no like moment where they get to acclimate it is dogs and cats so obviously dogs are much better at like going into any place so like Mm -hmm. dogs i totally get that being a thing but yeah i think with cats it would make a lot more sense if it was like i'm i mean i know you can't like move elderly people as well but if it was a if you gave the cat like time or space to sniff out the area might Mm -hmm. work a little better Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but quillerin is paired with um what does it end up being dr basically melinda's dad Hal goodwinter Hal halifax goodwinter yeah um his her dad's like groundskeeper i think yeah that sounds right yeah like it sounded like maybe kind of like an all all purpose like property person who like lived with them and like took care of the maybe like took care of the grounds but also like chauffeured them around a little bit um and i don't know what you would call that he wasn't like a butler but he didn't sound like he was solely a groundskeeper either. I feel like groundskeeper is kind of what they've used in terms of like a man who works for like in this book series before. Like I feel like they've yeah. used other terms for women, but I feel like groundskeeper has been kind of what they used for that before. Um, yeah, like a like an like an all purpose, an all purpose assistant slash upkeeper of life. <laughs> Yes, including nefarious things, as in the thing that this guy divulges to Quillerin while he's petting Yum Yum, which is that he, so apparently Melinda's brother, who is now deceased, but when he was growing up was kind of the black sheep of the family. He, you know, Melinda obviously went on to med school and kind of followed in her dad's footsteps, or at least was, you know, in some ways, ways ambitious and, you know, wanting to learn and go to school whereas her brother I don't even really know like did it really say exactly what 
was he just he just didn't want to go to college like part of me thinks it was just something that he was like i want to be an artist and he like left and his dad was like really disappointed in him yeah it sounded like he was kind of rebellious but it also sounded like the two of them were both like incredibly spoiled as well Uh so it was i think in my mind a combination of like the son being rebellious but also being like maybe like a bored rich kid just kind of like always getting in trouble as well got it yeah that makes sense um and then what the so what ends up happening is that sort of we i think the community kind of eventually learns that the the sun has just kind of gone off and kind of disappeared from the area but what this groundskeeper says or what this family employee says is that that was actually orchestrated by Hal Goodwinter who sort of paid his son to just leave his life because he was so you know causing such a scandal and ruckus in his like you know maybe perfect family perception um and so this guy this um older gentleman now would deposit a certain amount of money or send a certain amount of money to a certain bank account every you know what was it every week every month every like on a regular basis Mm -hmm. basically paying someone and he always thought that it was paying the son to not come back to pickaxe not to cause a stir anymore but the other little bit of uh news from cliffhanger is that the after the son supposedly died that money I think it was like an accident. Like it seemed like it was supposed to be like a car accident or something that wasn't necessarily super scandalous, I think. Yeah, I think it was a car accident. I thought okay. Um so even after the son dies, those payments continue. Like the the um groundskeeper is you know kind of doesn't really ask but is continues to get the payments from Hal and without asking questions has continued to send this payment somewhere meaning Mm -hmm. either that the brother's still alive or maybe it was going to melinda for something or who knows what else i don't know cliffhanger knows cliffhanger knows yeah i'm glad you remembered that i forgot that happened i only remembered it because i as i was looking for ella's name i like flashed past it real quick in the chapter (laughs) no (laughs) yeah but but actually one little detail that you did miss That is important for the next section. Oh, no. Um, so the, and it, like, I probably wouldn't have remembered this or, like, thought to bring it up, except that I've read the next chapter. <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. Um, yeah, so Quillerin was, as he was talking to this um, groundskeeper slash employee, he asked if um, Dr. Goodwinter had any, like, other hobbies or things that he would do kind of on the side and the groundskeeper was like oh yeah he did like cartoon paintings like they were terrible I hated them Oh, (laughs) just as like you know he like slabbed on the paint it was like super thick and like never dried and you know it was terrible he just kind of like did it for fun and like kept his paintings like hidden away I don't think anyone's ever seen them before oh right 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 so yeah we shall learn more about that <gasps> later on. Which, if anyone's watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians, it kind of reminded me of... Oh, shit. I always forget their names. Chloe? I think it was... 
Chloe, I think one of the random episodes, I haven't watched it the whole way through, but one of the random episodes I saw Chloe was painting, like, I think it was Chloe. Chloe or Courtney was painting, like, <laughs> not Kim. No, it wasn't Kim. Kim, I know. <laughs> I just get the names confused for the other two. I know what they look like, but I just, like, forget. I, like, confuse their names. Courtney's um, the short one, and Chloe's the tall one. Okay, then I got it right, because it was <laughs> Chloe. <laughs> started painting and she was like did a portrait of Courtney and then like did a couple other like random paintings and was like putting glitter on them and then Scott took them to an art appraiser to like have them appraised (laughs) (laughs) and the appraiser was like the I like Scott kept being like so what are we thinking here like you know thousands hundreds of thousands like what are you thinking and he was the art appraiser was like well usually in this instance I could tell you like they would be worth the materials like what the materials are worth but we can't reuse the materials so it's not even worth that um i disagree because of their name they could probably sell that for millions no you know what as soon as i said as soon as they said that i was like i feel like they set this appraiser up because they i mean knowing that I mean, even though the art worth is maybe not worth anything, yeah, no, I'm gonna like it. atrocious. But yeah, the name alone, with yeah, would people are probably put a price pay. tag of at least like ten thousand on it. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. Um, but it made me think of that. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll find out. Doctor uh, Halifax Goodwinter's name is just as important as Courtney Kardashian. Yeah, I don't or Chloe Kardashian. <laughs> I always get them confused. At least we remember Dr. Goodwinter's name. <laughs> That's true. I, yep, yep. He's, uh, yeah, more important in my mind than uh, either of those Kardashian sisters. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think that's it, guys. Thanks for hanging with us. Yeah. And I can give a teaser for the next, not that I've not given teasers already. <laughs> yeah, you already have. But give us another one okay so coming coming up in the next episode we will talk about scottish night uh well you already teased that and i'm already excited for it we will also talk about not done yet oh fair <laughs> we will also have something that we forgot to mention Uh-oh. um that actually was in this section but we will see it next section is um the estate sale for Goodwinter Manor. Oh, yeah. I actually meant to mention that at one point because I think we mentioned it last segment, but Melinda's broke. We, I think we know yeah. that. Oh, right. Melinda's super broke. So yeah. she invited Quillerin to uh, preview the preview of the estate sale, and he was like, Hell no, I'll go to the preview, not the preview. Right. The preview. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, right, because she she like insinuates that the preview of the preview is like her naked body <laughs> yeah <laughs> um no you know what I was gonna say is you know what's funny is that I feel like other books because I feel like going into the last sec- like section of the book I would normally be like who do you think did it or like how do you think this wraps up and this one I think more than others I don't I don't know that I have a guess I it almost feels like it's not we're not that close to the end but we are yeah I mean we still have a whole another section we have 30 percent of the book left oh right because we didn't read as far as we should have i should have i i read as far as <laughs> I, I have 24 percent of the book <laughs> fair fair yeah <laughs> oh, all right guys well join us for the rest of the book 
at whatever yes. stage you're in yes. for next time. And next time we will be reading chapter 13 on for yeah. anyone <laughs> trying to follow along. Sorry, we're not doing a good job yeah, <laughs> following sorry, along have... ourselves. No, we can't even follow along with each other. No. <laughs> Um, but yeah thanks for listening um you guys can find us on social medias um oh my god we have to remember next time okay next time we're bringing you quillerin's house and patronus Ooh, yes yes um but yeah in the meantime you can find us on social media we will be tweeting about patronuses and houses and cats um we're paranormal captivity pod on instagram paranormal pod on twitter you can search us on Patreon. We're so thankful for all of you guys who support us there. That's super, super sweet. You guys can find us uh, just by searching Paranormal Captivity on Patreon. Um, we have a Goodreads. You can follow us there. We have a little book club going. That's really fun. There's like a little get to know you thread. You can let us know your pet names there. It's super fun. And then there is also a Facebook fan page if you want to go hang out there we're super grateful about that too yes and that was not run by us yeah because we're both facebook delinquents yeah yeah unfortunately um but we do appreciate the person who does run it and we do thank you guys so much yes yes we're very grateful and we'll see you next week yeah All right. Bye. Bye.